0: Today, I want to begin with a very foundational message. I want to talk to you today about build a spiritual empire. Build a spiritual empire. How many of you remember the story when you were a kid of the three little pigs? Anybody remember that? Come on, yeah, three little pigs, a little nursery rhyme, and <clears throat> there were three pigs, and one pig built his house out of straw. The next pig built his house out of sticks, and the next pig built his house out of bricks. The story goes on to say that that a wolf came to the first little pig in his house, built out of straw, and he said, little pig, little pig, let me in. Little pig said, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. And the wolf said, I'm going to huff, I'm going to puff, and I'm going to blow your house down. And he began to huff, and he puffed, and he blew down the house of straw. Now, how many of you, when you learned this little nursery rhyme, when the house blew over, the little pig ran to the next house and hid? How many of you know that version? Anybody know that version? Yeah. That's not my version. That's not my version. The house blows down, and the pig gets eaten by the wolf. Welcome to Herbert Cooper, nursery rhymes. That's how I tell nursery rhymes. He got eaten. Uh, wolf went to the next house, and... Said little pig, little pig, let me in. Pig said, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. The wolf said, I'm gonna huff, I'm gonna puff, I'm gonna blow your house down. And he huffed and he puffed and he blew down the house made of sticks. And he had another pig in the blanket for lunch. (laughs) Showed up at the third house and he said, little pig, little pig, let me in. Little pig said, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. And he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and and he puffed. And that house did not fall because it was made out of brick. It had a firm foundation. The only house that stood was the one made out of brick. And the story of the three little pigs reminds me of a story that Jesus told in the Bible. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 says, Therefore, Everyone who hears, that's critical for our teaching today, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a, man, a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had a, its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The key to building a spiritual empire is knowing and putting the words of Jesus into practice in our lives. It's the only way we build a solid, fo- solid foundation. If you aren't knowing you don't know God's Word, and if you aren't putting His Word into practice, you are building your life on the sand. And when the storms come, the winds blow, Eventually, your house will come crashing down. Are you building your house on the sand or on the rock? It's always easy to tell what you're building your house on because when the storms come, When the winds blow, people who have their house on the sand, they don't stand, they fall away, they give up because their life is being built on the sand. And storms come for all of us. There are health storms and there are financial storms and marriage storms and parenting storms and career storms and dating storms. And when the storms come, Is your house on the sand or is it on the rock? And not just the storms of life, but the Bible also says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 that there's a real devil, a real enemy, and he is like a roaring lion, and he's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. And when he shows up at your doorstep and he's huffing and he's puffing, is your house on the rock so you can stand? Or have you built your house and life on the sand where you're not able to stand against the storms of life and the winds of the enemy? Today, I want to give you four building blocks to build a spiritual empire. And as I teach God's Word today, I want you to examine your life. And as I give you the four building blocks, ask yourself, am I building my life on the sand or on the rock? Building block number one is the Bible. The Bible. In Matthew 7, Jesus said the first key to building a spiritual empire is hearing God's Word. He says if you, those who hear the Word, hearing God's Word, you are building your life on sand. If you don't hear the Word, that's why church is so important, that you hear the Word and that you read the Word of God. Here's what Timothy says about the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. He says, All scripture is God breathed, is inspired by God. The Bible is inspired by God. And as a Christ follower, we live by the principles in the Bible, we live by the teachings in the Bible. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what celebrities say. It doesn't matter what your friends or family say. You and I, we follow the Word of God. It's God-breathed and is useful, the Bible goes on to say in 2 Timothy, it's useful for teaching. The Word of God is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you realize that every time you read the Bible, every time you hear a Bible-based sermon, you're hearing from God? Every time you read your Bible, you're hearing from God. Somebody says, Pastor, I need a word from God. Just read the book. <laughs> it's inspired by God. And the Bible tells us how to build our lives on the rock instead of the sand. Did you realize that the Bible talks to us about how to build our life on the rock? I mean, it talks about so many areas of our, different areas of our life. The Bible tells us how to build our career on the rock instead of the sand. It tells us how to build a marriage on the rock instead of the sand. It tells us how to honor God in a dating relationship and be on the rock instead of the sand. It talks to us about how to parent on the rock instead of the sand. It talks to us about how to handle our money on the rock instead of the sand. It talks to us about our health on the rock instead of the sand. It talks to us about our spirituality and the faith and our faith, how it can be built on the rock instead of on sand. You've got to read God's Word, have your face in the book, and you've got to hear the Word of God. The Bible is critical to living a life on the rock. I've said it to you several times at People's Church, but it's worth repeating again. A dusty Bible leads to a dirty life. And if you have a dusty Bible, it will lead to a life on sand. Number two is this. The second building block is prayer. Prayer. You can't build a spiritual empire without prayer. As you read God's Word, you you quickly discover that prayer is a vital component to building your life on the rock. The old saying really is true. The old saying says, no prayer, no power. Life on the sand. Little prayer, little power. Life on the sand. But it says much prayer, much power, much prayer, much power. Prayer is so important if you're going to have a life that's built on the rock. Prayer, prayer, prayer. You see, friends, you develop your personal relationship through prayer. Your personal relationship with God, one of the ways that it is built and strengthened is through prayer. James says in chapter 4 and verse number 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. And one of the huge ways that we come near to God is through prayer. And God, God's word says, come near to me and I will come near to you. If you're not close to God today, guess who moved? Because God's word says, if you'll come near to me, I will come near to you. I want a relationship with you. I want you to know me. I want you to walk with me. You see, friends, the only way that we can have a solid foundation is through communication. I just rapped and you didn't even know it. <laughs> the only way you can have a solid foundation. Is through communication. You see, my wife and I, we have a solid foundation. She's my very best friend. Do you know why she's my very best friend? Because we talk all the time. She knows me me better than any other person. We talk all the time. We talk every day. We communicate all the time. And so we know each other. We have a strong foundation through communication. And the only way that you can have a strong foundation with your heavenly father, one of the critical ways is you have to talk to him. You have to let him talk to you. You have to pray. You have to be in communion and fellowship and communication with your heavenly father. Personal relationship happens through prayer. A Second area, when we just look at prayer, prayer, how important it is, peace through prayer. Peace through prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation that's critical, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God brings peace. When we pray, peace through prayer. You can't have a life built on the solid foundation of the peace of God without prayer. Peace through prayer. There's a a third thing I want you to notice, and that is provision through prayer. Provision through prayer. Hebrews says in chapter 4 and verse 16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy And find grace to help us in our time of need. In our time of need, God brings provision through prayer. Are you in need of God's mercy or grace in an area of your life? Are you in need of his provision in an area of your life? Friends, the scripture teaches us that provision comes through prayer. Prayer is important if we're going to have a personal relationship, if we're going to have peace, if we're going to experience God's provision. Prayer is key. There's a fourth thing I want you to notice. Prayer is such a foundation. There's power through prayer. Power through prayer. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24 says, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Jesus says, say to that mountain, Go into the sea and it will be done. Here's what Jesus is simply illustrating for you and I. That the impossible becomes possible through prayer. The impossible becomes possible through prayer. Satan tries to limit your prayers because he knows your prayers will limit him. So he wants to limit you from praying. He wants to distract you from praying. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want, want you seeking the face of God because he knows if, you, if he can limit you from praying, that you, that, that you will actually limit him if you actually begin to pray. And he wants your life built on the sand instead of the rock. But if you're going to have a life built on the solid foundation, it takes the Bible and it takes prayer. Prayer. Number three is this. Number three is this. Worship. The third building block. Worship. It's the only way to have your life built on the rock is by being a worshiper. God created us to worship. Here, here's what Jesus says about, about worship. Remember Matthew 7? You got you to hear his word. You got to hear his word, Matthew 7. Here's, here's what the scripture says about, about worship. John 4, verse 23. Yet a time is coming. It has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. God created us to worship. Every single human being alive on the planet is worshiping something because we're created to worship. Some are worshiping possessions. Some are worshiping people, maybe a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a child. Some are worshiping possessions. Some are worshiping image. Some are worshiping popularity, trying to be popular, trying to fit in. It's their God trying to be liked by everybody. We're all worshiping something. And people who have their life built on the rock, they're worshiping God in spirit and in spirit truth. We're created to worship. We're designed to worship God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. We're created to be worshipers. Psalms chapter 47 and verse 6 says that we can worship by singing songs. And we just sang songs a few moments ago. We were singing songs to God. And and when you're really a true worshiper and you worship in spirit and in truth, you don't just worship at church for 20 minutes. You're worshiping at home, and you're singing songs. You're singing songs in the car. You're singing songs unto God. And how many of you know? How many of you know when you really start serving God a long time, you start making up songs to God? How many know what I'm talking about? You just start singing, making up stuff like you're a songwriter. You know what I mean? Because we're created to worship. We're created to worship. Psalm 63 and verse four says, "We worship God with the lifting of hands. We raise our hands to God and worship." Some of you are new to that. You say, why do people lift their hands? Because there were people raising their hands in worship today. It's biblical. You see, the raising of hands is the universal sign of surrender. When you raise your hands in the presence of God, you're saying, God, I surrender. I worship you. I magnify you. I give you my all. I need you. And you lift a hand. It's just worshiping. Man, I I lift my hands in worship. I worship God. Not just at church. I lift my hands at home worshiping God. I, come on, when I'm driving in the car, I raise a hand and I'll worship God sometimes. come I mean, it's okay to raise one hand while you're driving, but just not two. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, but I worship. We're created to worship. If we're going to have our house on the foundation, solid foundation, we've got to be worshipers. Psalm 47 and verse 1 says that we should clap our hands and shout. Clapping our hands, shouting unto God with the voice of triumph, and we clap unto God. It's it's a way that we worship, and you ought to see your pastor sometimes at home in my prayer closet. I'm clapping, I'm shouting, I'm screaming, getting a hold of God, just talking to God. I'm blessing his name. I'm letting him know how worthy he is. I adore him. Come on, we shout for the thunder. We ought to shout for God. Come on, you shout for OU and OSU, you ought to shout for God. You clap for your favorite person that, that you see win an award, you ought to clap for God. And the Bible says we're created to clap, to worship, to magnify God because he's worthy. Psalms 46 and verse 10 says, be still and know that he is God. We worship by just being still. There are times I'm worshiping God and I'm just still. I'm not saying anything. A tear might be streaming down my face. I'm meditating on God's goodness. I'm blessing him for his mercy and his grace. His mercies that are new every morning. And I'm just still before God. And I'm worshiping with a quiet, somber spirit. We're created to worship. And I'm telling you, when you have the Bible, it's a building block. When you have prayer, it's a building block. That third building block is worship. Both, all three elements are critical to having your life Built on the rock, the solid foundation, and when the wind comes and blows and the storms come and the enemy's blowing on your house, you can stand because your house is built on a strong foundation. There's a fourth building block that's so, so critical, and the fourth building block, you have to have building block number four to have your house built on the sand. Number four, excuse me, built on the rock, and the fourth building block is obedience obedience. You see, friends, you can hear the Word, you can know the Word, you can quote the Word, you can memorize the Word, you can have a PhD in the Word, and that is not enough to build your life upon the rock. You have to obey the Word of God. You have to obey the Word. Listen, you can be in the Word and not under the Word. I'm going to say that again. You can be in the Word and not under the Word. And if you're going to have your house built on the rock, you've got to be not just in the Word, but under the Word. It's really interesting. In Matthew chapter 7, the opening scriptures I read to you, the Bible compares two different individuals, and they were very similar. They both heard the Word. They both knew what the Word said. They were both in church, had their Bibles. They knew what God's Word said. The only thing that se- separated those two were not knowing the Word and, and hearing the Word. The only difference was the one who built his house on the rock practiced the Word of God, lived the Word of God, obeyed the Word of God. The one who did not build his house on the rock the rock and built it on the sand. The only difference, he heard the word, he knew the word, could quote the word, could, come on, PhD in the word, but did not obey the word. And his house was built on the sand. You see, friends, if we're going to have a life that stands when the storm comes and the enemy is huffing and puffing trying to blow our house down, not only do we need the Bible, and we need prayer, and we need worship. We must have obedience and obey the word. As you study the scripture, here's what you find out about obedience. Obedience brings about the blessings of God. Obedience brings about the blessings of God. You see it over and over and over and over again in scripture. I want to take you to one example that is very would be very famous to those of you that have walked with God for some time. Uh, If you don't know the Lord, I'm so glad that you're here and uh, that you're checking out the claims of Christ. And here's what I want you to understand is when you cross over and give your life to Christ and you start obeying him, it invokes the blessings of God in your life. Here's what the scripture says in Deuteronomy 28 and verse number one. It says, if you fully Obey the Lord your God, fully obey the Lord your God. Notice the Lord your God, not culture, not not the government, not, not friends and family, not celebrities, but when you obey the Lord your God and carefully follow his commands I give you today. It says the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you. One translation says overtake you. If you, notice this, if you obey the Lord, well, pastor, I want blessings and I want them to overtake me. I want to do what I want to do. It doesn't work like that. If you obey the Lord your God, verse 3, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. How many of you know that you're really walking in the blessings of God when your animals are blessed because of you? Come on, your lambs are blessed, your cows are blessed, your kitty cat is blessed, your dog is blessed. Come on, somebody, your rat and roaches are blessed. <laughs> somebody knows what I'm talking about. Come on, when I grew up and we woke up... Every once in a while, we'll turn them lights on. That'd be a freak show. Them roachers would be, (laughs) yeah! Goes on to say in verse 5, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The blessings of God follow obedience. But he goes on to teach this in verse 15 in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. However, if you do not Obey the Lord your God. You know what he says. You hear the word. You know the word. Got a Ph.D. in the word. But do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today. All these curses will come on you and overtake you. And he begins to list how I'll be cursed in the field and, yeah, and crops will be cursed. And just list all of the curses. Let, let me explain it to you like this. Let me illustrate this curse thing to you like this. If God's word says, do not put your hand in the blender. Do not put your hand in that blender. And you decide, even though you know what God said, you're going to do it anyways. And you put your hand in the blender. How many of you know your hand is not going to be blessed? (laughs) It's going to be a mess. And here's what people do. God said, don't put your hand in the the blender. People put their hand in the blender. It becomes a mess. It's got a curse. It's a mess. And then they want to blame God. God, why did this happen? Because you didn't obey me. You got your hand in the blender. It's a mess. You got your marriage in the blender. You got your children in the blender. You got your finances in the blender. You got your career in the blender. And it's a hot mess. Because you're not obeying me. And you can't experience my blessings by disobeying me. Blessings follow obedience. Let me take it a step further. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3 says this, we know that we have come to know him, know God, if we keep his commandments. So notice this, if we know God, we obey God. If we know God, we obey God. If we know God, we obey God. It would be a contradictory statement to say, I know God, but don't obey God. No, 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 you don't. Now, if you know God, you obey God. Matter of fact, people will say, I'm really close to God. I'm spiritual. You know how you know how spiritual you are? by the level of your obedience to God and His Word. That shows your level of obedience, your level of maturity. Your your level of obedience shows your level of maturity because if you know God, you obey God. If you know God, you obey God. And as you continue to surrender areas of your life to God and you obey God, it's because you know God. And the first area God gives us a command to obey Him, the very first area as a Christian, water baptism it's the very first area god says if you know me i want you to obey me and be water baptized and blessings follow obedience here's what the scripture says in acts chapter number 2 and verse number 40. it says with many other words he warned them and he placed excuse me and he pleaded with them save yourselves from this corrupt generation those who accepted the message, they heard the message of Jesus Christ that he died on the cross for their sins. He rose again on the third day with all power in his hands. The only way to the Father is through Christ. And they accepted the message. They, they believed the message. They were saved. And notice what it says. They accepted his message, were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That day, 3,000 people accepted the message. And I don't know how long it took, but 3,000 of them were water baptized that day. Why? Because to know God is to obey God. To know God is to obey God. And there are people that say this. Pastor, I want God to bless me. I want his blessings. And, and many of you are saying that. I want God's blessing in this area of my life. I want God's blessing in this area of my life. I want God's blessing in this area. And you're even telling God. God, would you bless me here? Would you bless me? Would you bless me and you bless me? And I oftentimes think God says back to us. Would you obey me? Would you obey me? Would you obey me? Oftentimes people are praying, God, reveal your will to me. God, I want to know your will. They'll ask one of our pastors, or ask myself, pray for me. I need to know God's will in this area of my life. This, this area of my life is concealed, and I don't know what God's will is in this area of my life. I need to know God's will. And I oftentimes think God says this to you and I. Listen, you're trying to understand and know my concealed will, and you won't even do my revealed will. And if you will learn to do my revealed will, my concealed will will take care of itself. But just do what I've already told you to do. Obey me. Follow my word. Put it into practice. My word. The only difference between the man on the solid foundation and the man on the sand was not knowing the word, hearing the word, quoting the word, memorizing the word, a PhD in the word. It was obedience obedience and today I realize there are some of you that years ago gave your life to Jesus and you've never been water baptized today's your day don't talk yourself out of it immediately following this service if you drop by our next area it's in the very back corner here of the auditorium there'll be a leader there to meet you listen we're ready for you we've got a shirt we got shorts ready for you we've got a towel ready for you how many of you got your hair did on friday I mean, come on we got hair nets for you put two of those bad boys on there's no excuse if you know god you obey god if you know god you obey god if you know god you obey god there are some of you that are going to give your life to jesus christ today you're going to accept the message of salvation and grace and mercy and you're going to give jesus your Christ, and christ your life And you need to be water baptized. And here's what water baptism is. Jesus did it himself. He modeled it for us. You're going to go underneath the water today. It's outside set up for you, ready to go. You're going to go underneath the water. And it symbolizes your sins have been washed away. You're going to come out of that water, and it symbolizes you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. And Jesus commands all of his people to go public with their faith through water baptism. Water baptism. I want to encourage you today. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving on hearts, not just in water baptism, but in other areas. But today I'm focusing focusing in on water baptism. Jesus is simply saying, obey me. No more excuses. Obey me.